Okay. Hi, this is Sandra Fuller, and thank you so much for joining my podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk to expert former federal contractor for the Department of Defense, Stacey Vaughn, and I'll tell you a little bit about, more about Stacey shortly, but what we're trying to accomplish today is really talking about how to find opportunities during this pandemic. A lot of people are frustrated. A lot of people are scared. A lot of people are uncertain about what's their next move. You may have lost your job. You may have shut your business down because of, out of necessity. But now we're going to talk to you about some opportunities that you might be missing because you're not looking at what's available. So we're going to talk with Stacy Vaughn today. Um, so get some ideas on how you can explore your business if it's failing. What are some opportunities that are there? And what are some of the things that we can do to get your business up and running again or start a business? This should give you some information on how to move forward. Uh, Stacy is a former contractor with the Department of Defense for over 20 years She in various uh, areas of contracting. As an independent business consultant and entrepreneur, she has proven she has a proven track record of directing all phases of operation in program project management, networking, business development, strategic planning, contract management. Stacy is just an amazing person. She has an MBA. She's not making this stuff up. She is for real. So welcome, Stacy Vaughn, to my podcast. Well, thank you very much, Sandra. I look forward to having this conversation with you. It's uh, well, long overdue is what we say, right? Yeah, that's what we, yeah, definitely long overdue. Now, we've worked in the past and we've talked about federal contracting and different opportunities. We talk a lot about federal contracting, so I want to make sure we get into some of the local contracting, just mm-hmm. let, so people understand how this works, working with the government for the government. Right. What are some of the, what are some advice you would give to people who are sitting at home right now and feeling frustrated for the job market? What are some opportunities that are there as you know it from the, from the government's perspective? So on the, the, I call this a a major reset for any business owner or consultant right now. Um, Today I had a a nice conversation with a soldier who just retired out of the military and I I predict this next year, we're going to see more consulting work being opportunity for small, even if you're not a business owner yet, but you're kind of getting your feet wet, Mm -hmm. there's going to be some opportunities to become what a contractor for a major firm or a city or county, because a lot of these small, these businesses don't want to pay the overhead for health insurance, those kind of things at this point, because they've been hit so hard otherwise so how do we they keep their doors open how do they keep doing their projects so i see that there's going to be more consulting work going to be out there especially if you're in a very specialized area Mm -hmm. or training training is always needed Uh, state local federal government agencies they are good at finding things that need to be done but they're not good in training in that component and so if you have a training background in um management to process to you know just even leadership development there's great opportunity for a business owner or even a consulting firm to go into those aspects um of course right now would be process management especially with the 
pandemic and now they've had to go into video calls how do they make people people accountable those kind of things i think that will be a big component overall for anybody at this point so looking at those situations is so so important you know right uh so so that project process management for service do you know of any products that or, or what types of products or services are the government looking for um and what what advice would you give to the listeners about what how to you know we're going to talk about how to approach a government shortly right but that you think the government might be interested in so again uh if you are got a good training background not hey i was a teacher now i'm going to go into project management but you've had a sustainable hey i did project management for emory university and then i did it for kimberly clark and now i'm kind of going out on my own you've got great past performance now we got to put it together so it speaks the language to government agencies um state local and federal because again they're all trying to figure out you know some are are getting back into the gear of things of deciding when to open up and what is that process going to look like and who's going to manage that and a lot of times they will consult that out because they don't have somebody internally because they've never experienced this one thing about small business owners and consultants we adapt to what's going on during the time mm-hmm. way quicker than some of these big corporate entities right. um, i always like to give the example at uh, when i worked at northrop grumman it took us 9 months to hire our janitor. Wow. 9. Wow. <laughs> Where tomorrow if I need to hire somebody for a project, I literally can go on LinkedIn, send out a couple requests for different people and I could hire somebody within the next 3 to 4 days. Wow. With no problem. So I think that's what we have to realize as a business owner and as a consultant, we are more adaptable and able to adjust accordingly as the time is progressing. Now, I know you've had 20 years of experience with the Department of Defense and I can tell you from dealing with clients over the years that's that's a very um scary uh, uh area that that normal regular people want to go in. This it sounds complicated, it sounds it sounds daunting when you think about approaching the federal, state or local government for for a job or for money. How, how was the process? How can you can you explain that to us a little bit? Yeah, so one of the things that I always recommend is go back into their history of how are they spending? How are they having their language? Because state and local language is different than federal language. You know, the army talks different than the navy does. The navy talks different than the marines. So you got to know their language that they speak. Do they if they speak in acronyms? go look up those acronyms one thing i i love people knowing that now you can go on google and and type in acronymfinder.com and it'll give you every variables of what acronyms are and the other thing is do your due diligence research you know i can tell you some states are really doing due diligence in making it more feasible for the people out there in general but if you have a solution i think that's the most important part that's the part that you bring back to them is here's a solution and this is how i can help you create that solution because if you just say hey i want a government contract that doesn't tell them anything or you need to hire me as a consultant which i've seen that more than a few times mm-hmm. that doesn't do any good consultants come and go but what's the variables or differentiator of you i've um, 
when I was at North of Grumman, even at Lockheed Martin, I hired consultants for certain projects. Mm-hmm. The first thing I said is, besides our issue that we're dealing with right now, what else can you bring to the table? Because mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to hire you for that one little situation. Right. There may be more after that, after we dig into it. And that's one thing people do not know how to go. And I call um, contingency. Okay, I could help you with this, what's going on right now. And the contingency is after that, I could help you with the next thing because I noticed that in your request to, uh, six months ago, you requested for somebody to do geospatial. I have a cohort that does that. I know that he would be a great asset to that part. Mm -hmm. So you grow as the need is growing versus I always say you get a million dollar contract or a million dollar consulting. It's a million dollar headache. The smaller ones can grow much easier than trying to go out for the bigger fish Mm -hmm. because it's a numbers game at that point. You know, just like resumes, your resume has to stand out more. Um, One thing I'm seeing now is not chronological, more project-based. Here are some top projects I worked on. Of course, numbers sell, percentages sell. But the other thing is they're putting pictures. They're going and putting the LinkedIn so they can see, hey, here's some of the past things I've done. Yes, I've been in the military. Yes, I've done, you know, I have some value in community engagement where they've done some community support. And I think those are things that these entities are looking for, a well-rounded person at this point. So am I hearing you say that if, if it's if it's a product or a service that's probably never been introduced to the government before, you would still encourage that person to introduce it as here's how we're solving this problem that I'm seeing? Is that what you're saying? Yes, because sometimes commercial, we tend to move faster than government. Um, the best ex- analogy is when you're on a plane and the plane says, oh, we have to turn around because we're having engine problems. You know, it takes a minute to turn it around, right? It's the same with the government. They may see what you're trying to do, but they may have a detour or they may say, hey, we gotta we gotta stop doing that. We gotta come back and do something else. So you have to show the value of, hey, I've, I've seen great apps, love them. But when you're selling to the government, you gotta look at all the legal aspects of the intellectual property or is it per user license? You've got to think about those all before you go talk to a government entity because they don't want to they don't want to hear and you say, oh, and what do you think? Because guess what? They don't know. Right. They don't know what's the value or how apps work. They know that, app, you know, certain things work and certain things don't. But they also know they value social media, but they don't utilize it the way we utilize it outside of the government. Right. I know the federal government is the largest employee in the world. And so yes. it's, it's, there's plenty of opportunities there. The budget is there. Um, what, would, what would you say if we talk to just a regular, very, very well, solo person, someone is just starting their right. business, have a great idea, and they might have done a business plan, they might not. What would you say to that person at the low level that says, I'm interested in federal contracting or contracting with the state? How would you advise that person to prepare fundamentally. So, yeah. So one of the things I always say is if if the government, state, local, whatever, gave you $100,000, because on average, a small business gets a $100,000 contract, it will change their life forever. Because that 100000 but you have to realize what's your overhead cost? Is it 20%? And are you giving the right price that you're not too low and then it, it defeats the purpose of doing the contract. 
because if you go too low then it can be you, they're paying you to do a contract versus you paying them so basically you, you know have those a viable budget you have to have a viable budget like i always say even if for nonprofits and for profits 20% should go to overhead that means your website that means um office that's phones all that in that perspective now if you need to add an admin person you got to put that into that overhead cost now if you're going to be the project manager you can write yourself into the project so you can pay yourself out of the project and maybe a percentage of that 20% that's overhead if there's extra that's your bonus for yourself as the owner but i don't like to see people put their their whole salary to their overhead because then it it's not realistic and then they're into like $50,000 and then government's like so how do why do we have to pay you this much money because again you got to think about that 80/20 rule in the process of how much you're spending for you mm-hmm. as the owner you know expert whatever to the next level so i think that's the other component you got to put in pr- perspective so i always say if they somebody gave you 100 i always say on average about 150,000 what do you spend it on can you tell me down to the line items you know hey we have to spend um 5 grand cuz we're leasing trucks this is what it costs you know or this is how much it costs for insurance they need to see all that cuz you they got you got to be realistic because sometimes when you're boots on the bootstrapping your business if you don't put insurance and some of those other things they don't they don't know that so they got to see that that's part of the business practices wow that's good what are some um some uh examples of bad request um contract requests from the federal government that you would advise against um you have to pay for the project up front they won't do that uh they will give you a percentage um if you have materials up front like if you're in construction or if i'm a trainer and i have a book and i need to i need to make more workbooks to go with it they will pay for that but you got to show that there's a cost to that so you need to show hey here's my printer and it costs you know $50 per book for me to do my training oh okay we can pay for that part so i always say to people is don't be afraid to ask the worst thing that they can they say no that's not possible but majority of the time the government always wants to hear what's going on with you you can't ask for all that money up front but you could ask for like maybe 20% or 15% of that money because you have a actual tangible product that you need to get supplies for that's really important good so one of the ideas that we had we talked about was making sure you do some investigation figure out what types of contracts they've awarded before from the different areas i uh, i know a lot of people and i go back to this cuz this this applies to me to some degree where there's certain things that you just don't get involved in because it intimidates you um when it comes mm-hmm. to the federal government it's so fast this the largest employee in the world is big there's some state or city local government that does contract with small businesses uh do you have any thoughts on maybe approaching your county um if you live in the state of Georgia or some of the, well we know for a fact uh for those who live in Georgia um what are some of your thoughts on you know contracting with the the local government I I love it 
especially if you're a consulting firm, and in Georgia, especially, it's a good and bad. Georgia has 159 counties. Now, everybody goes to the city of Atlanta. Everybody goes to Fulton County. I'm a component of go to a county that nobody else would think about. You know, go to Hall County or go to um, there's about 20 other counties outside, less than an hour away that you could literally go to because there's not enough business. They don't have enough business owners around that area, but there's plenty of work to be done in that aspect. Or I always look at like Macon is part of Macon, Bibb, and one other county. They they work together, the three counties. So if you register one, then the other counties are involved. So that way, it's a collaborative. So if Macon says, "Oh, we don't need a truck driver," but Bibb does, they'll let the other person. Hey, we got one in our database. They may be a good one for you to utilize. So I always tell people, look. Sometimes it's good to look in your backyard, but don't look so in deep. In depth, that it's oversaturated. Like I always tell people, in the city of Atlanta, there's a ton of contractors, and it's not quick work unless you've got that uniqueness. Like you know, seven years ago when we had the snowstorm, they didn't have enough snow snow machines. You know, those kind of situations. But if you have a tool, your websites, marketing, especially now with the census, that's going to change the whole trajectory. Of how government money is going to be spent in these counties and states, and I, you have to look at that. I always say, if you're in Cobb County and you know it's saturated with technology, go to another right. county. Maybe you need to go up into Gwinnett. Maybe you need to go up to、um, Gainesville. Look in those areas. It's so much can be done virtually. I always recommend though, if you win a contract, go to that first meeting face to face. Get to know them because then they'll be comfortable with doing the virtual after that. Because then they feel like they built a relationship. But if you expect to do everything virtual, it's not realistic. You've got to do one face to face. They want to shake your hand no matter what. They still want to see the person. That's true. That's true. I was at a local、um, budgeting meeting、uh, for our county、um, last year sometime, and it was shocking because one contractor was getting all the. The road jobs and all the contracts、mm-hmm. and the repairs that they were doing around the city, and people were gasping because like they kept calling the same name. But at the end of the night, what we realized was that that was the only person that was bidding for those contracts. And,、um, and right, so people were mad because this was a contractor from out of county, and you know they,、right. they had all these different issues with it. But guess what? No one else was bidding. And so I always tell people, make sure you're in it. You can't get a contract if you're not bidding, even if you're not certain the process. Go and talk to a purchasing manager and find out what are some of the things that you need to have prepared to make sure that you're qualified for that、um, or you're considered for that contract. So that's really good advice. Yes. 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 Because even those contracting people, they know how to write the check. They don't often know what the project is. So oftentimes, I always recommend people. Yes, it's great to talk to the purchasing person, but it's even better to talk to the project manager、right. or the project lead because they're the ones that are going. Hey, I need the road to look like this, and I need the stripe to look like this. They're they're more defined on the project, and if you could talk to the project lead, that's always the best way. I that's one thing I can tell you. In my government position, I was a project lead, and a lot of you know we would get these contractors, and they were nowhere. Qualified to do the work, they could write. That's great. But when I went to interview them for our project, 
I would go back to the contracting officer and say, that wasn't a good one. I'm like, I know you wrote the check. We can use them for this part, but we can't put them on the next part. She's like, what? What do you mean? Because sometimes they only read to one thing. They don't read to the longevity of what that contract could look like. Wow, that's good. That's really good. If someone, again, if someone feels intimidated about this process, is there a way for them to contact you? Is this something that you can help with? Yes. Yeah, so that's one thing that we do. We, we call it a assessment and planning session. But one of the things that I really want to do is call beyond the business plan. We have all kind of wrote a business plan and we kind of thought what we wanted to do, but it's just not there. And one thing that um, I have created was an assessment plan to create a hundred day plan because everybody needs direction. So in the, in the assessment, we spend time looking at their business plan. Is it really feasible during this time period? Is the numbers that you have planned for revenue, is that realistic at this point? You know, are their numbers few, um, too high, too low in between? Because sometimes if you go too low, then you're not making any margin. You got to make some kind of margin and what's realistic for your industry. Then, then the other thing is to just give direction because everybody in their mother has written a business plan or a marketing plan. They went to SBA and they're like, I need a loan and loan the, the loan officer looks at you funny like, well, I don't understand what you do. And so I always say, you got to put a one sheet marketing sheet together. Say, if you give me 50,000, here's how the money is going to be spent. Right. Because they need to understand because no one's reading a business plan that's 20 to 30 pages right. anymore. They're reading something that's two, um, maybe two pages. You know, here's the money, here's the expectations, and this is the outcome, and here's the percentage that we make on our margin, you know? Well, good, good, good. Were you done? Yeah, we're good. <laughs> I'm, I, we can... Well, good. No, I, I, I wanted people to understand that. A lot of people, I was talking with someone earlier, a client, and about her, her financial projections for 2020. And realistically, um, this it doesn't look feasible for 2020. So the idea is now we're going to go back into the plan and see how to modify that. Um, and so you got to do a little bit more research, got to look at some numbers and it's erratic. You don't know what the market is going to do. You don't know what the economy is going to do, but you can measure your expectations based on what you already know in this in the pandemic, but it shouldn't stop you right. from actually getting the information and activating that plan. Right. Exactly. Um, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I can't go any further. There's money being spent. There's investors. I just talked to a group of them. They're looking for specific things to invest in. They have money. Certain people have money. And those are the people that you need to be talking to. And it's not the traditional right. banks anymore. Everybody needs to understand that. It's not just about the Absolutely. banks Absolutely. That's so true. So, Stacey, how can people reach you to get more insight and, and pick your brain or get your services for um yes yeah, so i'm on link i'm on linkedin it's stacy s-t-a-c-y k as in kim and the middle of uh, last name is vaughn v-a-u-g-h-n and i'm also available for uh, i love to give 30 minute consultation so i can help you figure out what's the next steps for you and then my email is stacy s-t-a-c-y at d as in Delta, Unity, U-N-I-T-Y, group, G-R-O-U-P.com is all one word. 
And I would offer that out to any listeners out there because at this point, you need to get yourself set because when the doors open, it's going to open wide and it's your choice at that point to move forward. You cannot let make other people do it Absolutely. for you. Absolutely. I think this is even even at the lowest moment, you still have to prepare for your next thing. Um, so preparation, I you know, do. is key. And, you know, even if you don't understand terms, like you just said, Stacy, there is a website that you can go and look up uh, so codes and terms so that you can have a good working knowledge of what you're looking into or trying to get into. Excellent. Thank you so much, Stacy. Yes. No, thank you. I enjoyed this. Awesome. This I awesome. appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. If you want to get in touch with Stacy, she's excellent. She is definitely someone that's going to be able to help you with your contracting. And if you have any questions, you want to reach out to me, feel free to call me at 678-856-9460. Thank you so much. God bless.